Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this morning. Sorry, I forgot to wait for the reply. Um, welcome to this morning's service, led today by Jane, who's making me feel very wibbly wobbly. <laughs> um, I haven't got anything extra to say this morning apart from I brought back the singing the faith that was found in my shopping bag last Sunday I wonder who would have put it there I know who it was but I'm keeping it shut Um, I'm going to ask Tony to say a couple of words and then I will do the prayer Thank you very much indeed. Just um, two things to bring to your attention, please. Um, We know that Karen was on sabbatical for a few months. There is a requirement that Karen tells us what she got up to during that (laughs) period. Pardon? (laughs) Well, she tells us this. So please come and join us on Saturday evening here, the 28th of May, at 7.30, light refreshments are available. Karen's going to tell us all about her sabbatical. And secondly, can I just remind you that uh, we're planning a street party for the Platinum Jubilee on Saturday the 4th from 2.30. Just so happens that Forward are having a celebration at the same time. On the notice board by the Hatch for Coffee and Teas, I've just put a a list. We'd like only a rough idea of who's coming so that we could decide whether we're putting out 50 tables or just one table. So if you could add... (laughs) If you could could, uh, add your name and an approximate number to the list, that would be very helpful. And also, would you read the notices... This week, because I'm after one or two people to help me set up and things like that. Thank you. Actually, I have a request. Can we have proper coffee from the pro- from the pot and not just ordinary coffee? Of course, it is right. Let's be serious. Um, just got a short prayer. Um, before we start the service. Dear Lord, give me the strength to face the day and see the many blessings that it contains. Give me the courage to walk on, no matter how long the path or how many turns the road holds. Guide my thoughts so that I walk in love and peace and with gratitude stamped in my heart. Amen. To worship a wonderful God. Come, now is the time to worship, even though worship is our whole lives We spend this time, we come aside from our busy lives or whatever we're doing to worship and to concentrate on God. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. 
just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day to worship you. We come to offer our whole lives to you. You are a wonderful God. You are a great God and you are worthy of our praise. We come to give you our thanksgiving for all that you do for us, all that you are. We thank you for the support you give us in all sorts of situations the fact that you are closer than we can ever understand. You are nearer to us, present in our hearts. We thank you for each other, for our church family here, who give us 
all the support and all the companionship and all the, the friendship. We thank you most for Jesus. One day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. But Lord Jesus, we do that now. We confess that you are our Lord. You are our Savior. Father God, as we worship you this morning, may we know you present in our hearts. May we know the strength and the courage to be able to serve you in whatever way you're calling. Help us to listen to your voice this morning. Help us to know what you are saying to us. So as we come to worship you, we say thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we sing again, I will worship with all of my heart. I will give you all my praise.
It's great to be here with you this morning. (laughs) Uh, I'm sharing in your worship, uh, which is a bit like an echo for those of you who've got good hearing. (laughs) Um, It's always always a pleasure to to share and worship around the circuit, and um, particularly today, as it is being the nearest Sunday, the 24th of May... Aldersgate Day. All right. Aldersgate Day. Aldersgate Sunday, which is a day we remember John Wesley and his conversion and how we are connected as Methodists in the circuit and the connection, and, and we give thanks for all of that. Now, um, if any of you are, have different learning styles than sitting and listening, um, the young people at the back are making some hearts, and there's no prizes for guessing that they're making some hearts because the, the famous line around when Wesley was converted was, his heart was strangely warmed. <laughs> they do link into the Bible re- uh, passages as well, but if anybody doesn't want to just sit here and wants to go and construct some hearts with some prayers on. You're more than welcome to go and do that. Um, And we can have a look at what you're doing later on in the service. Um, For those of you who are not um, up to date on Methodist background, and it's always good to refresh ourselves, isn't it? Um, It was really important to um, John Wesley, his, um, his conversion experience on the 24th of May, 1838, and much as I should be able to quote this uh, without the words, um, this is what he wrote in his diary. In the evening I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the Epistles to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. An assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. And on the basis of what happened as a result of that conversion experience, because of the presence of God through Christ in the world because it's not just the conversion experience. We're in this room here now with the same challenge to us. We're going to hear. We're going to hear from um, Scripture, from Acts, the story of somebody else who, as a result of a um, conversion experience, was acting um, in, um, in faith. Uh, and just before this passage... Uh, it says that they had been in one place and they'd heard the the, the Holy Spirit um, and the Holy Spirit had prevented them from being there and sent them somewhere else. I'd love to know exactly what happened. (laughs) You know, it feels like a door slam in the face job, but, you know, uh, that's what it says. Uh, And they went um, to Troas. And so... Uh, we're going to hear that passage now. Where am I, where am I looking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere I've got written in what? <laughs> 
Now, the passage is taken from <coughs> Acts chapter 16, verses 9 to 15. And it concerns Paul's vision of a man from Macedonia and Lydia's conversion in Philippi. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Theatira, named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Then she and the members of her household were baptised, She invited us to her home. If you consider me to be a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she she persuaded us. Thanks be to God for his word. I'm going to ask you to do something with our next passage um, on the basis of something that happened when I was reading that one. You know how you notice something for the first time? Did you notice, and this made me feel really um, cherished because I do this all all the time, they went to find somewhere to pray and they ended up having a conversation instead. Did you notice? (laughs) We were going out to find somewhere to pray and they found some women and they were chatting. (laughs) Um, Listen to this next passage, uh, which is very familiar to us, and see what you notice. See what strikes you afresh. See what God's saying to you in this passage from John chapter 14. The Gospel reading is from John chapter 14. Verses 23 to 29. Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going away to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. 
Amen. Thank you be to God. To sing now, singing the faith 654, the love of God comes close. Let us pray. God, who is the beginning and the end, who is all knowledge and all creation, as you speak to us, you speak in so many different ways. Help us through these scriptures today and our reflection on them 
to hear your voice and to know your presence. Amen. John Wesley was around in the days when there were such things as pew rents. Anybody remember the days of pew pew rents? Yeah, one or two. The days when you actually paid your money for your bit of church and you sat in it and lo behind tied anybody who's... Yeah, I got the reaction, yes. (laughs) And I think some people still think happens now. Um, And as part of his experience, as part of his uh, journey through life, one of the things that he came to understand, and I think it was quite a long struggle for him because he was a privileged person who'd had a good education, and, and uh, was that actually the word of God and salvation was for everybody. It didn't matter whether you were a miner in Bristol or a potter in Stafford or because he did actually engage with the Lady Countess of Huntingdon, whether you were landed, <laughs> you know, it was for all. And actually, the, the scriptures and the, um, the word of God is for you and open to you. And one of the reasons there are so many Methodist schools um, is because... You have to be able to read and have some kind of understanding of that to to grow in faith. And so I asked you to say what you noticed, and I hope Georgia can put it back up, about that passage, because I thought I might ask you. (laughs) This is um, uh, part of the passage. What did you notice when you heard it? Would anybody be prepared to tell me what they noticed about that passage? And I'm going to give Georgia her Sunday morning exercise because she's going to walk around and ask you with a microphone. Yeah, and please put your hands up so I know where to go. Anybody notice anything about that passage? Great up. Right? It's, it's the whole lot, but it's just... It, 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 uh, is there a way of, of flicking through it, Georgia? I'll tell you what, I, while you're thinking, I'll just read it to you again. It's always good to have it read again. Those who keep me, love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, 
so that when it does occur, you may believe. There's anything about that passage that goes, doesn't make sense to me. What's that about? Go on, somebody be brave enough to say. It's a promise for the future. Okay. It says to love one another as I have loved you. So you're seeing it as a promise for the future. I wonder, I'll come back to you in a second. I wonder whether that is framed by the fact we often use this passage as part of our funeral services. It, it could be, couldn't it? Um, <clears throat> he's also speaking, Jesus, about the future. He's saying something is going to happen. Something is going to happen, and you're not going to understand it just at the moment. And Jesus had those moments, doesn't he, when he says, something's going to happen, or you don't understand, or I'm bigger than this. And, and sometimes we get a bit frustrated by that, don't we? Sometimes we go, I can't get my head around this. My faith is impeded by it. But there's a sense in this passage that Jesus is offering them something so that they can trust in it. Uh, Anything else anybody notices? Go on. Come on, Georgia. (laughs) I'm going to come back to you in a minute. I haven't forgotten. (laughs) It says to them, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. Oh, so what do you make of that? Like, well, where's the switch? <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes. It's easier said than done, I suppose. It is. Which makes us, it makes us think about, uh, well, it sort of makes me think about, I'm putting words in your mouth here. It makes me think about what peace is. Yeah? Because we, well, I don't wonder what you... What you think, when I say peace, what do you think? Do you think a bit of peace and quiet? Yeah. Do you think stopping worrying? Yeah. Do you think, um, between Ukraine and Russia? <laughs> yeah? Go on. Being able to trust. Being able to trust in all circumstances. And yeah. being able to... Have the peace of God in all the circumstances. Mm. Now, which is very difficult. It is. It is. But in this passage, we've just been talking about how Jesus and God knows that at times we need to be told what's going to happen because we get our knickers in the twist. Yeah? And there's a sense in which. it challenges me to think actually what peace might be there for. Um, and actually, maybe we're setting ourselves up to fail by saying, well, to be a good Christian, I have to have this co- complete oasis in quark of calm within my heart in which I don't worry about my faith or about what will happen. And I'm perfectly capable of going into a situation of Christian discipleship with no sign of anxiety. I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah? I think it's around having a sense of rightness. Yeah? Uh, this, going on, I've got, we've got, you were first. Um, it's 
a feeling of peace is people being in concord with one another and accepting that no one is perfect, but we can learn. Yes. That's a challenge, isn't it? You know? That these people, these disciples that Jesus was talking about, were going to go out and they were going to be in conflict. And actually, they needed to be strong together and work on that concord with, with the people that we're talking to to take forward the message of the grace of God. Isn't that an interesting lesson for us around how we build relationships inside and outside the church? Wendy? I do not give to you as the world gives. Yeah. Now go on. What? Oh. <laughs> Why did you notice that? Because it means that um, Jesus is far bigger um, and God is far bigger than anything that this world can give you. Um, and it's just a very profound saying, I do not give to you as the world okay. gives. He can give far much more than anything else in the world. Yeah, and I think that links into what we've just been talking about, isn't it? For this idea of peace and um, uh, understanding of our relationship with God... We frame within our human understanding of the world. So um, I was talking to somebody this morning, funny enough, who was talking about Father's Day. And they were saying they find Father's Day really difficult because they had a difficult relationship with their father. And we frame our understanding of God in the context of our understanding of our relationships in the world. Um, so it'd be interesting to think about peace, I think, in terms of not being relationships that we understand. What is it that God is telling us about peace that is far bigger than our understanding? Uh, and I'm going to come back to our friend here. What, would you, what, can you, what did you say? Can you remember? Yes. Love one another as I have loved you. So, it always challenges me that. It doesn't say, love one another as your mother has loved you. It doesn't say, love one another as your partner loves you. Uh, in our house, it's a bit, don't, don't love one another as your sisters love you, because you're getting a mess if you did that. <laughs> it takes us outside beyond our normal experience. And that's what John Wesley experienced. He thought he had all the answers. He thought he knew the way forward. He thought he knew how to behave and how to be a priest and how to engage with, with people. And his experience of God challenged him to think outside the box, to ask the questions... Where do I find God? And am I framing that in human terms or far beyond anything I can know or experience? It's a huge challenge within our spiritual lives. But the promise of this passage is that it's a gift. 
It doesn't say if you work hard, I'll give you peace. It doesn't say if you find the answers, I'll give you peace. It says, I'll give you peace. And it doesn't say I'm going to do it next week. It's here and now. Because we are loved and cherished and valued, whoever and whatever we are, all of us, by God, whether we've sat quietly or whether we've interacted, whether we find life easy or hard. And the message that we take out is of that love. Paul, in the, um, in the reading from Acts, um, was somebody else who thought he'd got it cracked. And do you notice that not only Paul, who had had the um, experience of being a convert from Judaism to Christianity, understood afresh as he travelled through his life and had didn't go to the right place in the first time, but God was still with him, went to somebody who had had two ex- conversion experiences. Lydia wasn't just converted to um, Christianity. She was converted to Judaism first. Her path was long and complicated and involved. And that gives me hope when we're working with human beings that actually it would be lovely to say, hello, good afternoon, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, you're converted, congratulations, let's say a prayer. (laughs) Yes? (laughs) It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? (laughs) And these passages actually give us a really reassuring sense that God understands the complexity of our human journey. And goes with us wherever we go in that. Uh, and, and will very often haul us out of the mire when we get stuck. Which we do. That's reassuring in terms of individual paths path, path of life and within church communities. I made a bit of joke about the, the, the person... Um, Paul and his companions um, going to the river to pray and actually ended up in conversation... There is a sense within church communities that we hear the voice of God by those conversations. Conversations that are in prayerful faith about what God wants us to be and live together in a community. And to some extent, it doesn't matter what else we do. Faithfully follow the peace of God in faith in this place where God has placed us. I'm going away and I'm coming to you. I leave peace with you. I do not give as the world gives. Perhaps we can pray through those things this week 
as we consider where God works in our lives and how to go forward. Amen. We are going to sing a good Methodist hymn now. Um, <laughs> and can it be? Which I, have, we, have, we, have we got an issue with the technology? No, no that's fine. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood? If you'd like to, on, are able to stand and join and sing.
Um, I suspect not, but there is an opportunity if anybody has made a heart for them to show us it now, if you wished. Do you want to come and, come and show everybody? Why don't you just hold it up and we'll all turn round? That would be easier, wouldn't it? Oh, what have you made? Tell you what, go all the way up there so everybody can see. Right? Okay. Now hold it up high. Gosh. Can you hold it up right high so everybody can see it now? That is fantastic. And it says, can I read it? Is it all right if I read it? It says, peace is sharing with my sister... Going to bed at bedtime. And shall I keep the other one secret? Uh, Because I do that as well, not pinching treats. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. These grown-ups will know that because when they're on their diets, it will upset their equilibrium when they go and get a biscuit. So they know all about that one. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much for sharing your work with us. Thank you. And we, we offer those prayers and our, um, our prayers for our community now as we, we begin our prayers of intercession. Um, we pray for Ken Lomas on the death of Jean and the funeral this week. Um, Audrey Bibby is in Chorley um, Hospital uh, and quite poorly. Jim Whitaker is also in Chorley and Brenda Bleasdale in Preston. And I know you will hold all of them in our prayers this morning. Let's join together in prayer. God of all life and goodness, we entrust you to those places where all is not well. Place where there is deep-seated hatred and mistrust. And we pray especially for Jerusalem and for the leaders and people of Israel and Palestine, for the people of Buffalo in America and all the places where lives have been lost. We pray for Ukraine and all countries being bombed and destroyed because of ideology of other powers and leaders and for all prisoners and casualties of war. Where all is not well. Help your people to bring peace. We pray, Lord God, for all those who are victimised by their ethnicity, religion, sexuality, and those imprisoned for speaking out or protesting against corruption. For all who seek Speak out for peace and justice and for all who work behind the scenes to bring reconciliation, stability and restraint. Where all is not well, Lord Jesus, bring hope. Lord God, we pray for the places within our own lives where things are not all well. And we pray for those members of our community 
experiencing bereavement and illness. And we remember Ken, Audrey, Jim and Brenda and their families and friends. We pray for ourselves. We pray that we may seek your peace, not our peace. That we may trust in you and that may allow us to live with the fear that we have in life. Lord God, bring peace and healing. And we pray for our church and the communities we say serve. We pray for the cafe that touches so many people here, for the school next door, for the people we bump into, that we have conversations with, that we may be your people in those conversations, pointing to your grace and love. Lord God, we offer you these prayers and the prayers of our hearts and souls as we join together in the prayer that you taught us. And we share it in whichever form we're most familiar with and speaks in our hearts. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We share together in our closing hymn, It is God who holds the nations in the hollow of his hand. Hymn number 705.
We thank all those who have enabled our worship today in music, in prayer, and in preparation of refreshment afterwards. And we send each other out into the work that we are called by God to live and to love and to be God's people. Glorious God, you shine your light into the dark places of our lives and our world. You touch us with healing love and make us whole. Be with us and shine through us this week and use us to bring hope and healing to others. Amen.